What up, Wizards fans? A way to help support this podcast is to go to Sneakus, S-N-E-K-I-S dot com. Sneakus, a DMV DC sports apparel company. They have a lot of new t-shirt designs up and a nice clearance sale going on right now as well. And at checkout, in our playoffs, part of your order will continually help support me in this endeavor. Now, let's get this show started. Sneakus, playoffs, do it. And now, it's the Pixel and Roll Show with Adam Magoodis. What is up, Joe? Welcome to another edition of the Pixel Roll Show. We discuss a team with historic run in NBA history, your Washington Wizards. Hello, everyone. This is Adam McGinnis. It is May 8th, 2017, and oh my goodness, how much fun was that last night? In the phone booth, the Washington Wizards blasted the Boston Celtics 121 to 102. To tie up the series two to two, with me tonight to discuss how awesome that was, Mr. Rashad Mobley. Rashad, what is up, bro? How are you? What is happening, Adam? That was uh, that was that was quite a spectacle they put on last night. It it was fun uh, on Fun Street. Uh, actually, uh, lived up to its name. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, we will. How are, anyway, how are you? I, I got some red wine tonight, uh, trying to deal with this Caps game. I don't want to jinx what's happening because good things are uh, occurring right now on the TV screen. So I figured I'd schedule this podcast so we could discuss it because there's a couple games, days off. But And I also need a distraction because I was also prepared for something bad to happen, which some fans were. But Rashad, I was not. I had a different feeling going into last night's game where... Compared to Game 5 of the Atlanta series where I was super nervous and super uh, had so much anxiety because the Wizards had just played poorly in two games, whereas I don't think they've played really poorly in any of these games, but yet this is the Wizards, there is so Wizards, and so I understand why fans or followers of this team would feel cautious, but I was confident uh, going into last night's game, but I did not see that barrage there in the third quarter. What was your takeaway from last night's victory? Well, I'll I'll admit I was a little nervous, um, as anyone would be, when the best player on the other team hits their first three shots, which are all three-pointers, and one of them is from like 28 feet. I I just sat there thinking, okay, this is, Isaiah Thomas is going to bounce back quickly. And so that combined with the Wizards losing an 8-0 lead and the Celtics came back, and for the first time it seemed like the Celtics were not going to get blown off the floor in the first quarter. It just looked like, you know, as as writers, we sometimes joke, you know, the sometimes the narrative writes itself and you're done pretty early. And it looked like the Wizards were just getting ready to get blown off the court. Or if not blown off, they were just going to be demoralized because Boston was going to stay in the game and Isaiah Thomas was just going to be hitting insane shots. So when you combine all of that with the fact that John Wall was just pulling the John Starks out there going over 80, it didn't. I mean, it, was, I it was not I, developing well, right? John Wall can't make it, a shot, and Isaiah Thomas had five threes early. It wasn't developing well, but at the same time, the game was close. You know, the game was still close, and they were up by four at the end of the first quarter. Uh, the Celtics were only up by four, so you know, I, I felt like, okay, this 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 has a chance. And in the second quarter, it just it just got worse. You know, you just you didn't see any type of flow. I thought Wall was on the bench too long at first. He was just kind of sitting there looking on the bench like he was calm but wanting to get back in the game. And eventually the lead got up to 10. And so at this point, Adam, I was, I was officially worried. I was like, they don't, they don't have it. Uh, even Greg Anthony said that he said Scott Brooks has to be wondering what's going on because the offense lacks a certain degree of crispness. Mm-hmm. So I was, I, I was concerned. 
Well, you you did a write up on a game recap last night of this big big win here in Washington was for the Washington Wizards. Can you tell the people what you what you discussed there uh, on your hot take pixels? You're gonna put me on the spot, huh? Yeah. What was your t- what was your <laughs> takeaways, Rashad, from this game? I guess. Well, I mean. I wrote it in the write-up. I said that John Wall was the MVP of the game, and I, I think it's important. I mean, there was a lot of flashy stuff that happened. I think we'll both agree with that. But the way it happened is what kind of struck me. I mean, you were at the game, so I was not. I was on my couch. But the way it happened is what struck me, where you, if you're putting together a game plan on how a player who's struggling should get them get themselves back in the game, you want to see them have free throws. You want to see them be active on defense, maybe get some layups, and just get some kind of a rhythm headed into the next quarter. And it's like John John Wall followed that blueprint to a T. Um, and even the announcers noticed, they no, announced how important it was that John Wall kind of got going in that second quarter. And that's when all the gloom and doom, I just painted the picture I painted earlier, started to, to disappear a little bit because Wall went on this run. Uh, the Boston was up 10. Uh Smart threw a bad pass and then Wall went on a roll. He stole the pass, got two free throws. Then he hit a free, then he hit a three point shot. And then he just started, you could see him starting to take over and the, the margin got smaller and you could see, okay, despite the 0 for 9 start, he's engaged, he's in the game and more importantly, the Wizards are coming back. And so then Otto Porter started getting hot and then Gortat started getting the ball and you just saw the, excuse the pun, but you saw the wizardry and then you look up and with less than a minute left, the Wizards are finally winning. And so at that point, I, I mean, I didn't think they were going to blow the Celtics out because Isaiah Thomas was still hot. I think he had 17 in the first half. But I just felt like, okay, we have, for the first time, we're going to have a close game in the second half. And so going into halftime, I was like, okay, Walls got going. The Wizards look, you know, it looks like this is going to be a game. But, and I, you can jump in if you want, but at the start of the second half, Amir Johnson goes on a – first of all, it's Amir Johnson. Yeah, he hit a three in the quarter. I, t- I turned around to uh, Mike next to me. I was like, who hit that? That was Amir Johnson? Is, just hit a three? And I was like, right. oh, shit. So let's just take time to, to soak in who was on this run. But Amir Johnson went on his own personal 5-0 run, and it was like, okay. And then Bill misses a shot. And you're just sitting there like, okay, this – they're undoing all their good handiwork. And then it just – that comes out of nowhere. I it mean, it came out of nowhere. It really did. I mean, at halftime, I mean, I talked about how I was confident in this game. That was comparatively how I felt against Game Five. But at halftime, I looked at both ways. Is that okay? Wow, you know, the Wizards didn't get out to their big lead like they had in pretty much every game of the series, and how well they have played on offense the last four games of the postseason. But yet they hadn't really played that well, and it was tied. And that Boston maybe, maybe. Miss miss some of their opportunities to really extend this lead. And I'm going to go into some details where I think the second most important aspect of this game was, and I think you touched on it a little bit. But then, I mean, 26 to nothing run, Rashad. 38 to seven. They said that it is the the most run, uh, scoreless run in the playoffs in postseason history. And then in the meaning that they they don't they can't go back more than 20 years for this for some reason. I don't know why, but. It, so here we out of nowhere. I mean, it, it was everything. I want to know what you your experience of watching it at home developed because in the arena it was just bonkers. It was one of those surreal moments. Like I couldn't believe it was actually continually happening. And at some point, it was just like, "Oh, we're gonna snap at us euphoric rush," and then all of a sudden, boom, another steal, boom, another and one, boom. The crowd was just. I mean, literally, the crowd was standing on their feet yelling. Uh, and I don't know how much time really went off the clock, like actual time, maybe 10 minutes. Uh, I think it was only maybe five minutes, like, because uh, I think Boston called a couple of timeouts. So maybe 12 minutes, 12 to 14 minutes, but five, five to six, I think, game time. But I had never seen anything like it. It was some of the best basketball I've seen this this franchise play ever, period. Yeah, it was a 42 to 15 run after Amir Johnson's 5-0 run. <laughs> and they scored, you know... It was 90 points through three quarters. And the thing that struck me, which is also the thing that made me angry about Isaiah Thomas's comments after the game, is that oh. they were... They were we're going to talk about those, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were losing the ball. Now, granted, Isaiah Thomas 
Well, he does have a legitimate gripe about, but not really. It's the same thing John Wall was bitching about in the Atlanta series and in game one of the Celtics series where Isaiah Thomas was going to the basket trying to draw a foul. And, and, and I know this because John Wall did this in the Atlanta series. He was not going to the basket to score. And you could tell he was taking shots at these, at these awkward angles yep. and expecting a call. Like running into Gortat, flailing out of bounds and think, right. thinking the refs are going to bail you out. Or taking a running shot, fading away from the elbow. Like that's not, that's not even what makes Isaiah Thomas Isaiah Thomas. It's getting in the lane. And so I knew they weren't going to call those fouls because they weren't calling them on wall. But when he was driving in the lane, Adam, he was losing the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't being fouled. He was losing the ball. It seemed like Otto Porter and Morris and Wall got their hands on every ball that was dribbled in the paint. And so I'm sitting here thinking, Isaiah Thomas, why are you mad? Like, you, there were a couple fouls that should have been called, but it was a 26-0 to 0 run. Yeah, 26 you know? zip, dude. <laughs> like, if it was that many fouls, then the Wizards would have had about 13 points and not 26. It, it just would have been... It would have been a much slower half, and that, that's not what was going on. They were getting run out of the gym. No other player could seem to create their own shot or make their own shot for Boston. And Isaiah Thomas had five turnovers that quarter, I believe. Yep. And so he was just totally out of sync. And as I just kept watching, it, it blew my mind. Now, if I'm being 100% honest with you and the and the people – I watched. I was watching the game, and then my wife and child came in and distracted me. So I had to pause the game. Okay, I, I unpaused it after I did everything I needed to do with them, put them to bed, talk to them. When I paused it, Adam, the Wizards were down by seven, and we were in the second quarter. When I unpaused it, I mean, when I went back to the game, I saw that the Wizards were up twenty-seven, <laughs> and I was like, what? Part of me was like, okay, let me just watch it, and then I'll go back. And I was like, hell no. So I stopped it right there, and I went back to the exact moment where I paused it and oh, watched Oh, you had to watch this, right? And so it just, it was, you know, it, it reminded me something that uh, I heard Ben and Todd in our rival podcast talk about, where if, you, if I told you that somebody in the playoffs went on that kind of a run, you would never suspect the Wizards would do that. You know, they, they just, they haven't. As Coach Brooks said after the game, that's the best. That's the best he's seen them play since he's been here all season. And you just never would imagine the Wizards going on a run like that. Not just because of their offense and how well they can play offensively, because we've seen them go on spurts, but for their defense, something which has been lacking for a minute. And so it's like everything that they should have been, they were for that. I mean, they were on a 22-0 run before. That's at the beginning of the game. This was much different. This was in the middle of a of a close game. Isaiah Thomas was hot. He had 17 points. And they just it's like they just reached in and stole their heart to the point where it just you could just see that Boston was completely demoralized. I actually tweeted that in the moment. I said they just ripped out their soul during this. And I'm sitting there writing it down. I'm like, oh, it's an 11-0 run. Oh, it's a 19-0 run. I'm, you know, I'm writing notes down. And then I started filming it. So I just started writing notes and filming. I was and I'd be like film a little action and be an and one or three pointer. Then I turn my camera off and bam, dude, it happened right again. There'd be like a three, a steal, a run out. Walls in the crowd. Mark Keith's like high fiving walls. Family. I'd never seen anything. I mean, it, I'd never seen anything like that in the arena. Considering once again the stakes that it was a close game on national TV. And for and for Wall to be struggling and them to not be playing well, it's one thing for them to be playing well, and then you know they turn it on. I mean, this really came. They had, it was a slow slog. Yes, they they came back a little bit in the second quarter, which I'm going to discuss here in a little bit. But it, it it was just seriously, Rashad, out of nowhere. I mean, the crowd is just bumping. I mean, they're playing. Uh, you know, turn it down for what? They're they're going down every song. People are waving their their t-shirts. The environment was just. It's it, it was it was a scene that felt surreal because of the score and even people couldn't believe that that it was that big of a run. I kept telling people next to me, I was like, no, I think it's twenty six to nothing now. I think it's twenty four nothing, and and it was one of those things where you just it was like a daze, like a euphoric rush, and it, it was just not even the players. It was also the fans and everyone witnessing. And I granted, you know, me as a media professional, I can't hoop and holler, and I'm sober. Uh, so, you know, I, I did, I was just taking it in awe, recording it all, just going like, wow. 
I cannot believe that I'm watching this. And it was so much fun. And let's look at the numbers, Rashad. The Wizards scored 42 points. They shot 13 to 20. This is in the third quarter. 65% from the field. 4-6 from 3. 12-12 from the free throw line. 9 assists. 4 turnovers. Uh, plus minus 22 points. Uh, the Celtics were 5-16 of 16 from the field. 3-8 of eight from 3. 7-8 uh, from free throws. Uh, and they had seven turnovers and five assists. Isaiah Thomas, one of three from the field, five turnovers, two points. And for him to complain about the rest, and maybe this is a good segue into that, is not what I saw. I mean, I saw, once again, their defensive strategy. They switched it up, I think, a little bit. They were they executed it somewhat in the first half, but then he hit a couple tough shots, and then they had some breakdowns where he got some open looks. But in the second half, they were blitzing, they were, they were switching hard, they were playing straight up, they weren't reaching, they were not allowing any type of penetration, and Isaiah would just make a bad pass, they'd get deflections, they were in the passing lanes, like they were staying home and playing the other man. I mean, Otto had so many good deflections and steals and runouts, and they had Beal on him, and I saw Beal like hitting the floor when Isaiah was coming up, like he was engaged, ready to take him on, and that was really the knockout punch. Yeah, I don't. I didn't understand Brad Stevens and his substitution patterns. I, I mean, I Amir Johnson is a big body, and according to what David Aldridge said before the game, he wanted Amir Johnson in there to kind of keep Gortat off the boards because Gortat had been giving him so much trouble. But to me, it just doesn't seem worth it to have him in there when, except for that that five hole run that he went on at the beginning of the third quarter, he's really offensively inept. And it seems to me, and I'm not the first person to say this, but you put Jalen Brown in there, you know, or you, or you put Gerald Green back in there, put Al Horford at the five, and just or, go small. Or, or Rozier. Right. So I I just didn't understand that. And by, by the time Stevens may have figured out that this lineup isn't working, it was already too late. The Wizards were rolling. But I thought at the, in the fourth quarter, granted, the Wizards weren't trying in the game and gotten away from Boston. But in the fourth quarter, you just saw a different mind state with the Celtics lineup that was on the floor. And so... I expect to see um, uh, Gerald Green and Jalen Brown a lot sooner, but I, on this night, it just it just wouldn't have helped. And I, look, I can understand if Isaiah Thomas is trying to do what Bill Jackson and Pat Riley, and I guess to a much much lesser extent Fred Hoiberg, try to do, where you want to bring something up, get the refs, you know, just kind of perk their ears up at something that might be going on, in hopes that when you go back home you're going to get some home cooking. And, and I do think, I mean, I think that's going to happen to some degree, but that doesn't help when you're down a 26 points. I mean, when you're on a 26-0 run and when the Wizards aren't missing, that has nothing to do with how much you're getting fouled and everything to do with you're mad because you're one player, the best player, who's getting fouled and you have no help. You know, all those things play, play into it. So I just, I just thought that was irrelevant. And to see him on the podium, just be that ungracious to what to what had just happened to his team was kind of kind of disappointing. Now, to his credit, Brad Stevens didn't get on there talking about any such thing. Well, you know? I was I was there, Rashad, and Stevens came out first, and he basically gave the Wizards credit. He said that even pregame, you know, he had all this Boston media picking him apart, asking all his questions, and sometimes he just answers like, you know, hey, sometimes what we're doing is like, you know, Washington's a good team. Like, they're playing well. There's certain things that, you know, they're long and athletic and they get out. And when you have Porter and Markeith hitting shots, I mean, that's you have two more options and, and Bogdanovich along with Wall and Beal. I mean, those are tough matchups and tough covers for his team. And, and then Isaiah Thomas comes out there. I mean, I guess Stevens to finish up his other points were, hey, you know, we came here and we gave up a 22 to nothing run and a 26 to nothing run. And that basically was a ball games here. And he goes, listen, we didn't even really, you know, Washington didn't really play that poorly uh, in Boston. We just found a ways to win. We played good enough in certain times. That was a totally true assessment of how these four games have unfolded. Now, Isaiah Thomas comes up there. First questions, he just goes off on the refs. And he, he complained about the refs. And I was like, okay, he'll complain about the refs one time. And he literally talked about the refs. I think his interview was five or six, five or six minutes, pretty much the whole time. So, of course, Rashad, I don't know if you saw, let's talk about me real quick. I don't know if you saw when the, the Penguins and the Caps had that series where the Penguins, like, blogger, radio guy got into the press conference and basically asked the Caps coach of, about his players being dirty. Did you see that? 
No, I didn't. Oh, Cap's Twitter went nuts. All these people went nuts. He, I mean, he was talking about how Ovechkin should be suspended for the playoffs, and his he was writing all this, I don't know, fake news, kind of clickbait kind of stuff. And it, you were like, oh, wow, you know, Barry Trotz got in a testy exchange with a reporter. Then we find out the guy is, you know, probably someone like me, Rashad, right, out here. <laughs> so my question, Rashad, was not as unprofessional as his, even though the whole time inside, and we've talked about this podcast, and, like, I think Isaiah was bitching. I thought Gortat got screwed on that call. I think the Wizards should have won game two. I thought that was bullshit. He flails him and Harden. They wail and flail more than anyone in the league. And it's frustrating because they're too good of a players. And they trick the refs way too much. And it's 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 blatant. And it's one thing to, like, hey, you get a guy off balance and you go into him. It's just sometimes, like, they don't even have the advantage. And they're, and they're faking it. And, hey, if it works, keep doing it. So they're getting rewarded. But that doesn't mean I cannot say that I think it's kind of bullshit. And so it is, and so Rashad, but I'm a professional, right? We're, we're truth about it, picks and roll, we're true media professionals. So my question was, one, I asked about his mouth, and then I asked, so are you saying that you're getting call, you're not getting calls here in D.C. that you got in Boston? I thought that was a fair question, because he just kept talking about how, you know, he's not getting any more, and, and then he just went off in the same kind of rant again about how he shot no free throws, he averaged... Top five free throws in the league. And, and I think he's got more free throws than anyone in the fourth quarter, I think, in the NBA, I believe, right? Like, he has I more believe tents. so. Yeah. So, it, but at that point, I, I mean, he did say, like, hey, we lost by 20. It's, it would be one of those things like, hey, I'm not uh, this, but. And then go off on a longer rant about you not saying what you are, right? <laughs> it's like, he did that like three or four times. Like, this is not where we lost the game. But, you know, Adam Rubin wrote about this, who was at the game as well. It, I came across as maybe he was just beaten down. Like like him, instead of bitching about his teammates letting him down or his coaches are being frustrated about getting their ass kicked these two games, that his way to complain about the refs was him kind of complaining about his teammates. Yeah, well, I, I think it's both. I mean, to his credit, he did admit in that third quarter why they got – why is that guy B had everything to do with the Wizards and turning the ball over and, you know, the Wizards getting out in transition. But – and he, he had to be frustrated because he was not – he was turning the ball over trying to force the issue because nobody else was doing anything. You know, Avery Bradley didn't have it. Horford – I think Avery Bradley and Horford both were scoreless in the quarter. Yeah. And so that's – Jay Crowder went 0-3 from three-point land. He had six, six in that first game. So I can understand his frustration. However, part of – I mean, that's kind of been the Celtics' M.O. all year is that – Everybody else just kind of scrounges around and gets by, and Isaiah Thomas is spectacular. So that's he should be used to that. That's what this team is, is built around, and they just didn't have it. I mean, nobody else had it. So I, 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 I just don't know why you just don't come out and say they kicked our bus tonight. Well, you know, we're going back home. That's the good thing, and we can get it back. That's the classier thing to do because he's he's gonna he's gonna play differently at home. The role players in Boston. Are going to hit shots. Kelly Kelly Olynyk had plenty of open shots that he just didn't hit in the Verizon Center that he'll certainly hit once they get back to the arena. So the natural flow of the game will change. But as Brad Stevens said before Game Three, the other thing is that at that point he said the Wizards have been be- have beaten us five out of the eight quarters. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not like. Boston has just been so demonstrably better when they've been in Boston. The Wizards have always had these pockets of, of dominant play. They just have let it go. Have let it go due to inconsistent play, or in Game Two they missed shots. So I, I, Isaiah just needs to wake up. He hasn't had complaints all series. He just had complaints about this game. Well, he complained after Game Three as well too. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I, I, I don't and know. holy shit, holy shit, Rashad, let me interrupt. Uh, the Caps just went up three to nothing, so I might have just jinxed this. But uh, okay, keep going. <laughs> no, I just, I just wish he had been a little more gracious in defeat. But you, you know, the combination, and I'm going to write about this, I'm sure. But the combination of Isaiah Thomas bitching, Marquise Morris talking trash after the game, that's just, a, it, it just feels bad. It just feels like a bad omen. For game five, it's like you're going to see a, a Celtics run, and Boston you, will be. You think he's doing this to work the refs too, or is this? No, he's he's no, he's definitely trying to work to work the refs and and try to get them to call it differently. But you know, I, 
it makes me nervous because again, that the refs being cognizant of what Isaiah Thomas didn't get, and the rest of the Celtics team having to listen to Marquise Morris after the game said, you know, they're what their ass or something. I wanted to be in by fifty. Is that what yeah. that quote? <laughs> The exact words were blow them the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, yes, think, yeah, there was like seven million people around his locker, and he he's a he's a, a quiet talker. So I was like, "There's no way I can get audio out of him." So I I went to the podium, but I saw those quotes later. It's pretty funny. Yeah, so I, I, you have to be careful talking that level of trash in this kind of series because they could just come back to, to get you. So we'll see. Oh shit, dude! The the pens just took out one of our better players in the knee. That's some, that's some bullshit. Anyway, sorry for the Caps update. What up, Wizards fans? A way that you can help this show continue is to go to Sneakis, S-N-E-K-I-S dot com at checkout in our playoffs. Now, I've made a deal with them where all your purchases, I will get a cut, and it helps me. It helps support all the things that we do here and why you continually enjoy downloading and listening to us rant about this basketball team and me tell you how much I hate Boston and the crappy refs that give Isaiah Thomas all those calls. Now, back to the show. Go do it. Sneakers. Playoff. But Rashad, who, who was dominant in this game was the big three. I'm going to call them the mini big three. We've talked about them over the years. No, it is not uh, Jordan Crawford, John Wall, and Andre Blotch. It is Otto Porter, Bradley Beal, and, and John Wall. They combined for 74 points. Uh, John Wall had 27. Bradley Beal had 29. Otto had 18. John Wall ended up 8-25 from the field after starting 0-9. of 9. I think he ended up 8-14, of 14, they said. Over his last, or maybe he's one eleven or something. I don't know. These uh, Bradley Beal eleven of sixteen from the field, three of six from three. Otto seven of nine from the field, uh, seven rebounds. Beal also had, uh, f- uh, and Porter also had four steals. Wall had five steals and twelve assists. Twenty seven, twelve, and five for Wall. Just those three players cooking the way they cooked. And, you know, and Markeith and Gortat and Bogdanovich all contribute as well. But just if those three players are humming the way they are, I mean, this team is tough to beat. Well, Otto Porter has been rolling since game two. I mean, yep. since he hit that shot in game two, he's, he's getting shots, he's posting up, and he's not facing the kind of opposition on either end of the floor that he would say if they advance and have to play Cleveland. You know, so he's able to, to get his shot. I'm impressed by how how active he is on defense, getting his hands in the passing lane. I think he ended up with four steals, eight rebounds. So he's, you know, he's not, there were stretches in the second half of the season where not only was he not scoring, but he wasn't doing anything. And it just felt like. Well, just two weeks ago, we were talking about how the rookie for Atlanta was outplaying him. (laughs) And and there there was also talk that maybe Oubre, should be in there for longer st- down the stretch, or, is, or if Otto was hurt, right? I don't see any of that from him. Right, anymore. so he's, he's, he's finishing fit- on the break, just like athletically as he's ever been. Right, and and Beal, at least for this game, looks like he was out of his shooting slump. He was aggressive. You know, at one point he had this play where he was on the left side of the floor, went through his legs a few times, went through the hoop. He just looked like he had that bounce again, um, which is going to be more important for him to have on the road. I think that's what. The kind of game that John Wall had to finish off the Hawks in Game Six is the kind of game you would like to see Bradley Bill have in this deciding Game Five. Just have that game where you're just you're irrationally hot and you're you know just just having a big game. That's what I'd like to see. And now that he's had that game that he had last night, 29 on 11 to 16, that means he has his shot back. So you know it's. I still didn't see. We didn't see anything out of Brandon Jennings. I know this is nitpicking, and he, he didn't <laughs> didn't have a. But you know they're gonna. Those players are gonna be needed on the road. You know that's mm-hmm. when when Wall has to go to the bench. I, or, I, I, I think I think Mahimi was out. Did that well either. I thought he got out of position, and then didn't finish finish that well. So I thought his minutes. Even though Thomas Adoransky had five points and he had an and one. I know. I jumped up off the couch when I saw that. I was <laughs> like, like, it, it, like he was on Isaiah Thomas there too. He, I mean, obviously he's probably going to play more with Ubre back in the rotation now. But his bucket wasn't in uh, wasn't in mop up time. It actually mattered when he scored. No, and it was not. It had a high degree of difficulty. I mean, he had to contort his body and shoot it. That was that was. You jumped off was, your you jumped off your couch to do a little. T- a little ch- Fist bump for the check. 
I did. I did a little Tiger Woods fist pump. Yeah, I did. It was. It was. That. That was impressive. So. You know, well, the I, other thing I like to see too, what I saw out of Beal, aside from his hot shooting, and I remember when he did that dribbling thing in confidence, is that in the first half he really struggled trying to post up Isaiah a couple times, and in the second half he finally adjusted and had a couple good moves. One he finished, and one he passed out of for I think ended up being a Marquise open three pointer, and I just saw him develop on how to just get acclimated a little bit on how to post up such a small player like Isaiah. I think he even got called for an offensive foul in the first half because Isaiah's just so damn small, dude. Like your normal guy, it's not a hook, but when Isaiah's so small, it's like you're hooking his head. (laughs) Yeah, and I think he actually did hook it. Was it he or Wall? Well, they actually both hooked him, and I think they called it on Beal, but not Wall, but... Well, and, and Troy, our our colleague at Truth About It, you know, tweeted about this. You realize that Wall's Wall's post game is not as refined. I mean, Beal's post game is not as refined as Wall. Not at all. Because you know, when you're a refined post player, the first time you get that that significant contact, you know how to spin off of it. You know, yeah. you play off the contact, and Bill still. Bill's almost that, like trying to feel out the contact before he makes his move, right? Like, right. I mean, like, like. Like feeling it out more than a couple seconds, whereas you feel it out right away and you make that move, or that, and you kind of know where you want to go. Right, you don't let that kind of throw you off. You you kind of play off of it and, and you know go left, go right, do what you need to do. So that you know he he, but he'll he'll work on that. He'll work on his post game. He'll get stronger. I mean, for so long he wasn't even healthy enough to work on anything. So he'll work on it. Uh, but again, he got he still got his shooting stroke together. So it wasn't. It's not like it was a big deal. Yeah, what's weird about this game as well, Rashad, is that it started out almost exactly how the rest of them started out. The Wizards race out to an 8-0 start, and you're like, oh, wow, here it goes again. And then the Wizards missed so many open looks like, around the hoop to really extend this lead and get going. And then it allowed Boston to come back in, and Thomas got off a little bit, and then you know they went on their run. And then the Wizards were just making like sloppy passes, miscues, like bad turnovers. Wall was getting frustrated because he couldn't make a shot or get a call. And then you go in the second quarter, and what I wrote down, and it's funny you brought it up earlier, it was 40 to 28, Boston, uh, early in the second quarter with about eight minutes left. And that's when I'm like, Brooks, put a wall back in. What are you doing? Because he, he decided to take Wall out early in the first quarter, finish with Beal. And then give Wall some extra rest. And and then Olenek had two or three open threes, and I think Crowder did. Where, I mean, this league could have went up to balloon to 13, 14, another timeout. The crowd would have been out of it. And that was the missed opportunity, I felt, where Boston really had a chance to, to put their stamp on this game. Now, granted, you know, the Wizards would have made their run. But it kind of comes back to what you're talking about, where... You don't want the crowd out of the game where you're just constantly battling to get back to 500, right? You're battling, you're down 15 or 18 at home or 12, and you're bat- you make this big run. Well, now it's two points either way. Like you want to be where you have an advantage, so you're not also when you're having these big runs that you're not treading water when it when it finally you finally stall out. And so that's the thought that that was the opportunity for Boston really to take charge of this game and maybe the series. On some open looks of theirs. Yeah, but I think the the two players that we talked about last are the reasons why they couldn't take that lead. I mean, Isaiah Thomas hit two threes in a row. The, that last one to put the uh, Celtics up twenty to ten, it was from it was from almost thirty feet, and it was not it was nothing but net. And it was like, okay, this isn't going to this isn't going to be their night. As as Bradley Bradley Bill as. Uh, Stevens is so good at doing, they come out of the timeout, get a shot for Bradley Beal. He hits the three right away, and then Sadoransky's uh, drive to the hoop comes. And so then the momentum is kind of going the other way. And then when Beal comes back in the game, it it completely changes. So they had a little window there where they could have easily been up 15 and really demoralized the Wizards. Yep. But the Wizards were kind of, you know. They were, they, kinda, they were a little fortunate a little bit. Because some of these shots were way open looks. Their defensive breakdowns were not well at all. Right. But, but Rashad, the reason I put that 40 to 28 mark is about seven and a half left in the second quarter. From that moment to the end of the third quarter, the Wizards went on a 62 to 28 run. 
62 to 28. <laughs> that, I mean, that's like playing the Sixers or some shit. I, I had, I, I mean, that's just an utter, utter meltdown. And for Isaiah Thomas, once again, we've already belabored the point. Him to blame the rest. Even though I did go, I did go back to finish up Thomas' point. Is I did go back and, and looked at his drive to see how legitimate some of these calls were. And I'd say maybe on five or six of his drives, maybe two calls he could have maybe got. But the other four were him just flailing out of bounds, like we were mentioning. So, but Wall couldn't get a call. That was Harden's frustration. And when Wall finally got going, so Wall checks back in. We talked about it earlier. He went on a 7-0 run, and they got the lead back. And then Gortat missed a tip in at the end of the second quarter at the buzzer. So now it's tied at halftime. And that, to me, that little run of them getting back in the game there. Aside from the fact that you know the Wizards just went on this crazy run in the third quarter, that was where, hey, you know, hey guys, and I didn't get a chance to ask Scott Brooks at because I got cut off by Wizards PR because you know they love they love us bloggers, I, but I was going to ask him, you know, what the hell did you say at halftime? <laughs> Nobody asked that question. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, and I think he said I think he said on the broadcast that they were lucky to be tied at half, and it was true for because they hadn't played that well. And so I'm just wondering, here they are, like, hey, you know, we're not playing that well at halftime. We're not playing that well. We're still tied. Hey, we got a chance here. Their mindset was like, oh, shit, we're down 10 or 15. Totally different mindset, right? Right. And I, I wonder what he said at halftime, too. I mean, I know he called that timeout in the first half when he said they needed to start defending and all that. But I don't I, – I just wonder what – he must have said something related to defense because the defensive intensity just, just went up three or four levels very quickly. Yeah, so they go on that big run, and then even when the Celtics start scoring a little bit, Markeith and Beal hit their second threes of the third quarter, and it really just put the dagger, a little early, early Buckhand's dagger in this game because Boston started, you know, they, they scored, and I think Wall turned it over, and they got, you know, they went on a four of those six on runs. Maybe they can get this momentum that's tied back, but Markeith and Beal's three were huge. They go in the fourth quarter. I stopped even writing notes because Boston ended up going really small shot. And so the Wizards would just dribble back past one guy, and it was like nobody at the rim. It was like Crowder and Olenek, and it was a layup. And that, and then it was almost end up being mop-up time there, even though Wall and Beal were way t- in, in the game way too long. And they started getting a little chippy with Crowder, and then Thomas had a meltdown. That was the other question I was going to ask about. Thomas got a technical... He was finally frustrated, and Beal and Crowder got into it. Beal and Thomas were talking. Wall and Crowder were talking. But there was really no, uh, you know, Boston got their ass kicked, so there's nothing really escalated. Uh, the, but, Rashad, the only thing that really escalated, I would say, was, oh, man, add another person that the Wizards fans hate. It's Kelly Olynyk. Anytime he touched the ball, dude. <laughs> Boo! There were signs. You got the owner, Zach, and Ted Leonsis wearing uh, Ubre jerseys. I saw multiple signs. I saw an, an, an Olenek, you're ugly sign that someone made. I thought was pretty funny. And then, of course, he misses all those open shots. That was hilarious. And then he was shooting a free throw. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what are they chanting? And it was it was Kelly Oubre. They were chanting Kelly Oubre's name when he was shooting a free throw. Uh, I thought it was pretty hilarious. The fans. Uh, another thing that was to, to note, Rashad, is that they already don't like Crowder, and they already don't like Smart because, you know, the Wizards have had these two incidents with both of those players. And then now you throw in Rozier. Now Rozier was getting booed because of the Jennings incident. So now they're, one time they're all on the court, and every time they pass the ball around, it'd be like the Wizards fans would realize who it is. They'd be like, boo, boo. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, there's literally three or four dudes on the court that they're just going to boo every time they touch it. I had not seen that ever <laughs> at a Wizards game of all, all my years, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I I appreciated the the loyalty there, but it was, that was a little ridiculous. <laughs> no, I think it's ridiculous too. What are your thoughts about Draymond Green calling him a dirty player? Stevens was asked about it before the game, and he 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 said that uh, he he said people are bored and the media has nothing to do, and that's where that he doesn't know where that narrative is coming back. That's the, that's the, that that is the result of having multiple days in between games, is what he said. I mean, he's going to protect his player, but I mean, let's not forget, you know, Kelly Olenek is the one who allegedly broke uh, yes. Kevin Kevin Love's shoulder or arm or whatever it and was. He has another so, incident too, I think, right? Right. So, I mean, 
Draymond Green just isn't pulling it out of his ass, even though it is a little hypocritical for Draymond Green to call anybody dirty. You know, since, since he goes Ronaldo and everybody's growing. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. you know, I, I, but it also takes one to know one. But the reason why he doesn't look like a dirty player is because he just doesn't, he has this innocent look on his face. He doesn't stand over anybody. He's not necessarily demonstrative with his emotion, but those are, those are the best kind. Perhaps Kelly Oubre should take a lesson and be a little slicker with his. Yeah, you, you gave that advice last time that, you know, do the Marquee thing where you do a little chicken wing when no one's looking. Right. Or, <laughs> on the free throw line, you know, a little, little elbow down low. Or no, right. When everybody else put it, it down, throw your man down like you did for Horford. <laughs> Another story I want to tell the people to, to get your hatred of Boston up is, is I was – the Wizards – usually the Wizards warm up by their hoop. Before the games, and then second half they shoot on the hoop by the opposing bench. But then I supposedly the visitor gets to choose. So so basically, all levels of basketball, you go, you finish where your bench is. But for some reason, in the NBA, they don't always. So the the Boston now wants to do it regular, like you do in high school or college or any other game. So the Wizards now are warming up by the Boston's bench. So the Wizards are warming up; they're finishing warming up. Well, so now the Celtics are now by their bench, and they're getting it, the warmups are almost over. They're getting lined up to do the national anthem, and Smart just starts grabbing the ball by the Wizards bench and starts shooting threes, even though Jennings and a couple of, and Markeith are still shooting. And then Jennings notices it, and he looks at him and he's like, "Yo, dude, we're still shooting here." And Mark and he has Jalen Brown and Smart, and Smart just keeps getting a ball from the ball boy and shooting at him. And now Jennings is looking at each other. I try to record it. But it was just like straight up Marcus Smart being a, being an asshole. That's, that's his move, though. It's like he's done shooting. He's on his bench, and so then he then he thinks it's funny, and he's getting the the rookie Jalen Brown to like it. And I ch- I got some I got some video of it, but not not that well. So I got trapped, dude. So now this starts, and I got trapped over there because I usually take photos of the Wizards warmups underneath the hoop. So I do, sat there doing the whole national anthem. And I was there doing intros. And throughout the Celtics, I got Crowder right next to me, and I'm right next to this Boston media, and it was, I'd never been that close during intros with the opposing team. It was weird, Rashad. But my question, another two things to point out before I get your thoughts on Game 5 when we get out of here, is, well, also, 73 points in the second half, Rashad, was the most the Celtics have given up in a half of playoff basketball since the 80s. And they played a lot of games, I think, since the, it was like 88 or something. Okay. Which, is, which is pretty crazy to think of. But uh, also, Steven Jackson was in the house uh, after the game. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's a guy in a wall jersey lined up out of the Wizards locker room. I'm walking, and I'm like, is that Steven Jackson? And it was Steven Jackson in a wall jersey with two little kids after Wall and Beal were done with the post game. They both were talking to him. They talked a bunch of photos. And it was a funny is that Candace Buckner was taking a photo. And I was like, did Steven Jackson play with anyone of the Wizards? I don't think he did, right? I couldn't think if he no. played anyone on the, either team, did he? Not on the current team. Didn't he play with Alberto, though? Maybe, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, on past teams, I think he played. Well, for the Spurs, he played on that right. championship team. That's right. But I, but I don't know if, like, Mahimi played for the Pacers when he played. Probably not. I couldn't think. I, I don't think so. Turns out C- Stephen Jackson's one of his sons had a birthday. He likes John Wall somehow. So he was. So he got John Wall jerseys. He was getting a photo with his two little kids. And after it was over, Stephen Jackson's like, what do you say? What do you say? He's like, both little boys are like, thank you, John. <laughs> it was like that, like when your dad tells you to say thank you to someone. <laughs> I was like five feet away. It was, it was pretty funny. There was some R&B, R&B singer that was right next to him that I don't know. She had a little yeah. kid. I don't know Marcia, if you know them. Marsha Ambrosius. Yeah, from, did, uh, did you Florida. know her? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, it, that tells you how white I am. I had no idea who she was. So I took a photo. She's in the background. I had no clue. So, of course, I think she had some photos with him, too. She had, like, her husband and a small baby there. And the Caps just scored again. Holy shit, Rashad. Save some goals for Game 7. It's 4 to uh, nothing. I was going uh, to say, we, we just, we've entered the TMZ portion of our podcast. I, 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 I know. I know. <laughs> That's what. But I did, uh, yes, but I did. Another one is that I was I got on TNT, Rashad. I, I don't know if you noticed. Uh, I was on Inside TNT. They, they, I asked Bill and Wald about the coach saying it was the best basketball you've ever played. And they both looked at me, and they both agreed. And I guess that question and answer was on uh, Inside the NBA. 
So there you Very go. Nice. There Very it is. Nice. Excellent roll. Getting on, getting on TV. You know, maybe I don't have to sit in the hockey booth on Friday night. Oh, no, no. That's that's true. We get no no respect or love. But that's some inside jokes. But Rashad, enough of this game. Game five preview. It's Wednesday night. I believe 8 o'clock in Boston. Your thoughts before we get the hell out of here. I think the pool guards, uh, Isaiah Thomas is going to be a going to be a big key to make sure they stay out of foul trouble because I do think he's going to use what he said about the refs at the end of game four and he's going to be ultra aggressive no matter what kind of defense the Wizards throw at him and I think that the chances are high that either Wall or Beal could have two quick fouls before we even get to the 10 minute mark so they have to guard against that as does they also the Wizards should also be leery of a lineup change that makes the Celtics quicker and, you know, putting Horford at the five or bringing Gerald Green back. So there's going to be a an onslaught, I'd say, in the first five to seven minutes where it would be nice if the Wizards could be up 10, 12 points again. But they're going to have to weather the storm. But they're going to have to stay out of foul trouble because I, I can just see Brad Stevens imploring the Celtics to take it to Markeith and to take it to Gortat and Wallen Beal just to try to, you know, the thing you want to do with the Wizards is you want to try to mess up their rotation early so that Wall and Bill. We, have, we haven't seen that in the last two games, really. Right. So I, I, I think that that I think that's just it's, it would be perfect for the Celtics for them to try to do that now after Isaiah Thomas has already laid some subliminal groundwork. So that's that's my biggest fear because if the Wizards starters are on the floor for nine to ten minutes of the first quarter and nobody's in foul trouble, they're going to be winning. I mean, that's just that's been proven through this whole series but the key is to not let that happen and like i said before the other key is i'd like to see bill kind of have that kind of game where it makes it easier for everybody you know that the kind of game that that Kyrie is capable of having when you're scoring points points and bunches or that isaiah thomas had just you know bill is capable of scoring 30 to 40 points relatively easily so that's that's what i'd like to see because they're going to be tight I mean, it's, it's the, the fifth game. They're tied at two-two. They're, they're, they they want to go back home to be playing for the series, not to be fighting for the playoff lives. And if everybody is tight like that, you want your player who can score the easiest to kind of get you repeated easy buckets to loosen everybody up. You know, Beal definitely has to bounce back from his dismal performance in Game Two, and also I I think that you're correct in not getting in foul trouble. Eat. Early, especially Marquis for throws out the whole subbing patterns, but but Morris and Gortat, if they go smaller, really have to win their matchups and get some easy buckets down low that they that they did uh, in Boston. Uh, you know, Marquis was great until he got hurt, and Gortat was instrumental in both the offensive humming in games one and two. What we hadn't seen in the Atlanta series, get those big guys going early. Wall will be Wall. I'm not worried about Wall. Beal has to have you know. His 30 to 35 breakout game. And, you know, once again, someone off the bench step up. It'll, it'll be interesting to see where Ubre's head is. I'm sure that Boston crowd is not going to be kind to him. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be really, those chowder heads and mass holes anytime he touches it. And so I think that Kelly would be okay. I, I think his confidence is fine. It's just him getting too pumped up or too trying to fight everyone if they were shot, right? And, and how Brooks deals with those emotions. And, and I also like to see Brooks keep in wall in the first quarter the whole time and, and let Beal go with the second unit, not do what he did last time. I th- thought that threw it off. And it, it left Beal and Isaiah out there. And that's where Boston really extended their lead early in the second quarter. So I'd like to see that little tweak happening. But once again, Rashad, any predictions? I mean, this is the game. I, I think if the Wizards take this one, they have been the better team overall these last four games. Uh, the Caps just scored again. They're up 5 to nothing. So maybe this is an omen that the Wizards, as the Caps, I think are better than the Penguins, but it hadn't shown, shown it or developed it, that the Wizards uh, have been better and need to, need to show it on the court here and get this game because, you know, even though we've had these two blowout victories, it is still 2-2 two, two, and two games in Boston. It still has their advantage, correct? That's right. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining me. Thanks, Rashad. Uh, you, we will be going to game six uh, together on Friday. So uh, I don't know if we'll maybe do another pod on, on Thursday, even though it'll be game six and seven. So I'll see what happens there. But 
Go to truthabout.net, check out all our stuff. I'll have a post up soon. Rashad and Adam both have things. I don't know if Kyle uh, Weedai writes anymore, if he's alive, but if he is, he should maybe have something up too. But thank you, everyone. Thank you. Tell the wifey hello for me. Well, Rashad. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. And as always, go Wizards. F Boston. Peace out. Keep it on the level. Already into action, I'll have your answer retracted So stay about my business, it's crowded enough with me You added it, it's just a witness, I'd rather not even see I'm good with the folks around me, get from around me Before we commence to clowning, yeah Keep it on the level, yeah, keep it on the level I'm climbing up the ladder while you in need of a shovel Let's get at him Burn it.